ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Black Baseball Mixtape Podcast. I am your host, Cheats. As always, the podcast is brought to you by the Family Podcast Network. I need you to do me a favor. Go to the Black Baseball Mixtape Podcast, anywhere podcasts are available, and please hit the subscribe button. Subscribe, like, rate, and review. I can say with confidence, I can't say we're the only one. But I can say with confidence that we are one of the fastest growing podcasts specifically dedicated to uplifting black baseball at every level. I can say that with confidence because I know there's that not too many out there. <laughs> so so please, please subscribe, rate, review, share it with your friends. Today's guest is really, really special for a number of reasons. Uh, one of the main reasons is that today's guest as the fundamentals coach, he just spent last season as a fundamentals coach for one of my favorite teams, my favorite team growing up, still still one of my favorite teams, the Baltimore Orioles. Along with that, he's got a journey and a path that we definitely want to get into. I'm so excited. Troy Marrow, fundamentals coach from the Baltimore Orioles. Welcome to the mixtape. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you just for having me on. Just ready, ready to share some stories, have a good time and just let, let's get a problem. Let's get it popping and let's get it started with where you are now. You just spent last season as the fundamentals coach for the Orioles organization. I know that you were a player, uh, played at North Carolina Central University, did a bunch of things. Could you have imagined, could you have envisioned being on the field, working with up and coming, developing superstars for the Baltimore Orioles now? Could you have imagined that, say, even two or three years ago. No, no shot. It was actually funny. I was just talking to my girlfriend about that. Um, it's crazy just how just how things work out in life, I guess you could say, you know, like two, like two, three years ago. Think about it. It was like the pandemic, right? Absolutely. And I was just coming off um, my the fellowship with the Giants. And I was at the point I'm Ty- I know Tyrone's been on here, too. And you can ask him. He has. Yeah. Uh, I told Tyrone, I was like, Tyrone, like, I need a break from baseball right now. <laughs> like, I need a break. And so I was in this space where I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to step away from baseball. I'm going to uh, go on this venture of like doing like nonprofits, just thinking like, what, like, what else do I want in life? Like, do I want to go back to school, get my doctorate? Um, like, what, like, what do I actually want to do? And so um, it was just funny. Um, I've known Matt Blood, who's our director of player development now. Uh, for the Orioles, I've known him since 2017. Uh, he was actually my first boss um, mm-hmm. out, of, out of college when I was in uh, grad school, and um, he just he just always he kept bugging me to. <laughs> he's like, "Hey, do you want to get back in pro ball? Do you want to get back in pro ball?" And actually, I told him no uh, a couple times, <laughs> actually. And but um, came back around last year um, when I was back home. I was a dean of students for uh, a charter school in Baltimore, um, Baltimore Collegiate School for Boys. And me and him just had lunch and just talked about it. And um, it's just that opportunity you couldn't pass up again. And um, it's it's crazy, actually, even from the standpoint of, like, working, like, with the Orioles. Like, I grew up in right outside Baltimore. That's right. I, I'd probably go to about – up until about high school, probably about, like, 20 games a year. Okay. And so it's just, like, to go back and, like, you're working for your hometown team. And it's just something you love, like – Baseball, right? Like people ask me all the time, like, how's work? Like, I get to go to a baseball field every day. <laughs> I will tell you this. You have cracked the code. I learned this a long time ago in my professional life. And um, a person told me this. 
if you can do the job that you want to do, basically get the salary that you want to get mm-hmm. and do it in your hometown, you've cracked the code. Don't leave. Like, that's it. Don't leave mm-hmm. because the grass is always not always greener on the other side per se. And it sounds like you've cracked the code. You're doing what you love. You get to do it for your hometown team. I do want to ask, because a lot of people are going to hear mm-hmm. fundamentals coach for the Baltimore Orioles and they're just not going to know. I'm, I'm well-versed in baseball <laughs> and I still, I don't know what it means. What, what does that mean? What is your yeah. activities mm-hmm. uh, as a fundamentals coach? What does that mean? What do you, what do you get to do? Yeah. Um, so for me, like I'm specifically like in charge, like I guess you could say like our infielders, um, first off. Um, but that depends like whatever level you're at. Like some fundamentals coaches are in charge of the outfielders, um, and then some are in charge of the infielders. Um, but I also work with our base runners um as well. So like in games, I'm coaching first base. Um, but then there's some games where um we have we have development players and so like I'm working with them. Um, before games, like working on their specific um, practice plans that they need to work on. And um, so it just varies. And so like then in games, um, I'm in charge of like, I mean, obviously it's going to change now, but like shifting your infielders around and things like that. Um, so we have we have our cards. I, I do do what I have to do to shift our shift our guys around. And so and then we do things like video as well, because video is so important. But especially for where I'm at, um, I'm working with a lot of international guys. And so it's their first year. It's their first, it's their first or second time really playing organized baseball, you know? And so um just really breaking the fundamentals down. Like, this is how you run through first base. Um, this is what you're doing when you're tagging from second base, nobody out. This is what you're doing when there's one out at second base. This is what you're doing when we're on contact. And so just doing a lot of video work um in that area right there. And so it's just a, a vast majority here. You're just having uh you're pretty much essentially like that third that third coach right behind the hitting coach. And so you have your hands a little bit of everything, throw batting practice, um, hit fungos, like you do it, do it all. So jack ball trades sort of coach almost. And last season, where did you spend the majority of your season? Like how did how does, does are you at rookie ball, A ball, international? Yeah. Where are you at? Um so I was rookie ball down in Florida the whole mm-hmm. uh, most of the year until our season finished. And actually I got the privilege to go up to high A for two weeks um, to work with our high A team. And then I did a week down in Bowie as well just to kind of just shadow and just get that experience of affiliate ball that's fantastic let me ask you this because what you're doing now and what you've uh what you've described which i'm sure feels natural to you is on field teaching you mentioned uh tyrone and mlb development and the training program you were an inaugural fellow and and an amazing program that was Mm -hmm. focused on front office activity tell Mm -hmm. me a little bit about the program in your your, kind of your inaugural experience because it Mm -hmm. was not it's not for the faint of heart this is like a serious serious thing Mm -hmm. and it was mostly like focused on front office placement right Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah it's actually great like so i think you don't realize the weight of actually everything that you're actually a part of when it happens (laughs) um and so, like, I remember we flew out for our training at the MLB offices, and um, we're meeting all we're meeting all these all these high up people in MLB. And then Tyrone starts explaining like like how important like this fellowship actually is, and then he breaks it down like with the numbers. And so there was twenty, I think there was twenty two of us in the first. I think class. there's twenty two, yeah, twenty two yeah. in the inaugural class. Twenty two of us in the the first class, and I think there was I can't remember the exact number. Um, not a math genius. So, um, 
let's just say however many, I think it was over like a thousand applicants or something like that. But the way he broke it down is you actually had through everything, you had a 1% chance of, of actually being accepted into the fellowship program. Oh, wow. And, and like all of us were like, wow, like 22 out of however many applicants they had. And you're like, dang, it's like, it was like one of those first times where you kind of like, actually you, you make it, you know, um, especially being African-American or, uh, or a woman, you're like, man, like I, again, like crack the code kind of, mm-hmm. you know, like I've kind of made it like on top. And so to just know that like, you had like you had like a one percent chance pretty much of getting this fellowship. And so yeah, I was working in the front office with the San Francisco Giants and I was it was a great experience. I mean, my initial dream was to I wanted to be a GM, you know, and I and I still have that a little bit like there's just this fascination around me of like you have this is how I was explaining, like you have 25 guys on a roster, right? How can these 25 guys gel perfectly together to win a World Series? Right. That's just, and these 25 players are all different puzzle pieces that are intertwined. Right. And so like, that was my fascination that I always, that I had as soon as I was done playing college baseball. And so I was like, this is what I'm going to go after. This is what I want to do. Um, but I realized if I had to be honest, I can't sit behind a computer for eight to nine hours a day. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you, what was it that, that, that shifted from the, cause the, the experience yeah. sounds great. It sounds like oh, you got awesome. to see kind of the ins and outs of a major league club at every level. You could see everything. You and so, yeah. How, like you could see how con like contracts are negotiated. You get to see arbitration. You get to see international scouting and amateur scouting. You get to be in the draft room. Like you see, you get to see in the trade deadline, you see all these things. And, but like, I think there's just certain, there's certain how people are wired. I'm like, and then you go into games after that too. And I'm sure. just like, I'm not meant to be behind a computer. Like, oh, that's like, crazy. I love, like, I love, I love baseball and I, and I love all that, all the information like within that, within, within the scouting, within, within the contracts. But I'm like, I still need to get my hands on something. Like I need to have a more of a purpose, you know? And so that, that's how it was for me. And so, uh, but it was, I mean, without that experience, like I wouldn't be here. Like, and it sure. all started at USA Baseball, to be honest. And so, talk to me about that. Tell me, you said it all started at USA Baseball. Yeah. Uh, how, how was, like, how did it, in your mind, what was it about USA Baseball that made it click for you? And obviously, to be involved with USA Baseball, you, you it's, it's just an amazing experience. So, how did that come about? And, and you kind of credit that as a catalyst catalyst to kick off your career yeah um so played at central um my last year um we can talk about this later too tore my acl mcl both my meniscus my hamstring my lcl tore everything but my pcl in my knee mm. and my college coach jim kern who's at he's actually at usa baseball right now small world um he's like troy he's like do you want to coach college baseball i was like yeah so was in grad school and in grad school you need either need an internship or mm-hmm. uh, a project. And so me, I like school, but I don't like school that much to write. <laughs> trying to get that master's degree as soon as possible. <laughs> um, and so I did a project. Um, so I was at USA Baseball. I was in chart. I was an 18U um, intern for our 18U national team direct, like for operations. And so like my job was pretty much, it was like 60, 40, like office on field or like mm-hmm. 65, 35. Um, but it was at that time with my boss, Matt, um, 
uh, is my boss today, which is still crazy to think about. Um, he just like the way he just saw the game of baseball, I think to me, like, again, like those puzzle pieces, right. Right. Like how do you, how do you get all these puzzle pieces like to, to gel together, to, to win the gold medal. And like when he explained that to me, cause like he had this big board in his office, he had all the player, like every single player written, like written down that he wanted, like on that national team. And I'll never forget the first day I went to his office, like with those players, there's 20 kids that make a national team. Right. And like he already projected like for this is like in January and we didn't go to Canada until September or August. Can't remember, but he had, he had all these kids written down, probably had like 40 names on the board, had them like in depth chart positions. Mm-hmm. And I think like within the names that are on that board, I want to say like with it, with like what he thought, I think like 16 or 17 of them made the national team. Mm-hmm. And there was like by like literally like by position, like how he thought it would be too. And it was kind of like for me, like all that click. And I was like, there's like this fascinating again, like building these teams. And so um that was everything. So I got to do with the Twin Stars, um, which now is kind of like the what they kind of do like at the uh, was it PDP? I can't remember what event they do, um, mm-hmm. where they invite like, the best 18 year olds in the country to make the national team, but invited the best 80 year old best <laughs> 80 the best 80 18 like 16 17 18 year olds come out to carry um they they play for like five six days and then you're sitting in these meetings right like with these with the coaches that are around i'm talking about like you have people like like i'm sitting like in the same room as like fred negrit mm-hmm. like like jack leggett like coach mosiello that's the head coach at ohio state now andy stankowitz ricky model coach at university of missouri and you're just sitting like me, like at the time, like I'm sitting around all the Greg Ritchie, who ended up being my boss after USA. Like you're just sitting around and you're around all these people and you're like, I'm 24 at the time. And I'm like, I'm sitting around these people that have combined together, probably like over a hundred, easily over a hundred. Lifetime, lifetimes of experience. Of experience. And I'm just like, I just try to soak everything in at the time, mm-hmm. you know? And that just really like drove, like, like drove that passion of like, all right, like I want to be like where they, where they want to be, you know, but also um, having that realization, like there's still no way that looks like me exactly, you know, like Fred played, you know, but mm-hmm. there's no coaches that, that were out there. There's no, I mean, we have, um, who's the GM that just got hired by the Astros. Um, Dana, Dana Brown, I believe his name was. Yeah. And so it's like, even then it's like you're looking at GMs across baseball. You're like, there's nobody that looks like me. So how do I get like, how do I exactly get there? You know? And so I think being part of USA baseball, it was like that fire inside of me. Like, this is what I have to do. If I want to be the first to do this or be one of the, in the top five, top 10 to, to, to do this within baseball, especially being African-American. So yeah, that's what, it was just a, it was a crazy experience and just being around those players too. Like, so- but no, that's that's a great that's a great uh, description, especially personally. Um, let's ask, let me ask you about it because you've seen baseball at a high level uh, four years that in in college. Which even before your injury, I, I read the stats you you were like you were on the field <laughs> since the time you stepped on campus at Central. Yeah. Uh, I want to say you still might be one of the league leaders of like games played, and yeah, even with an injury, it's a deep wound right now. Oh, uh, 
kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. You could play. You put it this yeah. way: you could play. Yeah. So yeah. you you had the bona fides. You could play. Uh, you did. You got to see, like I said, a whole kind of window mm-hmm. of of opportunity in the Giants organization that, let's just face it, tons of people will never see. You got mm-hmm. to see something kind of behind the curtains in the organization of a major league baseball franchise that a lot of us will just only have to imagine and fathom. Uh, and and now, and, and also you got to do the kind of, like you're saying, you're doing the on-field development now and working within a club and the organization. So you've seen it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you identify mm. as the biggest barriers and challenges for mm. black participation at all levels? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, You've yeah. seen, I mean, there are different answers for different stages, mm-hmm. but if Absolutely. you could pinpoint some things that you would say, if we could just work on doing this a little bit better, mm-hmm. I may not be, <laughs> I may not have to be the, in the top 10 in 2023, right? Of first. Yeah. Um, yeah. This question, I think you can go so many different ways. Um, the opportunity to play baseball and where it is now, you got to think about the cost it costs a lot of money to get a glove. It costs a lot of money to get a bat. It costs a lot of money to travel. It costs just a lot of money just to play. Mm-hmm. I can go play. I can have my kid go play basketball. You know what I got to get him? A pair of shoes. Go play football. All the equipment's already given to him. Mm-hmm. And there's people that already look like me that I'm going to play out there with as well. And so within that, if I'm a parent, right, and I'm already struggling – why why am I gonna send a kid? Why am I gonna send my kid to go play a sport where there's not a lot of people that look like me, right? But also the opportunities that he's gonna get to play, he's still gonna be playing on a majority white team. Mm-hmm. He can get he can be given all the um the bats, the the ball like bats, gloves, what whatever it might be. But is this game, now I'm going down a different hole, is this game actually fun for him? Can he actually be himself? You know? That's, and I, that's, yeah, that's yeah. something that as a, I'm a parent, I got to think about the experience that my child's going to have when, when I'm playing. Mm-hmm. With that said, there's players like you. Like, what made it fun for you? Yeah. Because it, the higher you get, the less black people you see. Mm-hmm. And you you got to play at a uh, pretty high levels and yeah. and still get to be around it today. What was it that clicked in you that said, like I I enjoy this? Yeah, I don't. It's so fun. I I couldn't describe it. You know, I mm-hmm. think in one like I'm a comp like I'm a competitive person. Like, <laughs> right. um, I think kind of just once. Like once you learn that baseball is a game of failure, especially like when you're a competitive person, like that's what's fun to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like I can go out there in basketball or football and I can do what whatever I want to do, and I can be labeled as a success, usually because of my numbers are gonna look good, right? Mm-hmm. And it's gonna come more natural. If we have to be honest, it's gonna come more natural, more easier. Cause I don't think you need to have and this can be a, a great topic of debate, like you I'm sorry, but you don't need as much. I'm, when I say athleticism, I'm not talking about a whole athletic athleticism from how high you can jump, how fast you can run. But there's a different athleticism and a different skill that you need to to play baseball with. Mm-hmm. And so I think within that, for me, that's what made it fun because I realized like now I actually have to like football came easy for me, you know, 
Um, but baseball, there's something like you had to work at it, you know? And I think it was the work that you saw put in and the output of it, right? That's what made it fun. That's what made it challenging. Like, all right, I only went one for three. I went one for four today. Mm-hmm. Next time I'm going out there, I'm going three for three. I'm going three for four, you know? And like those slight, um, those slight little victories and like those in like, I said like the most exciting play in baseball to me is the triple. You know why? Because it's, it's literally the hardest thing to do. It's the hardest thing to do. It's literally one of the hardest things to do. And so it's like when somebody just slides in third base head first and gets pumped up, like that, like that's fun. Like, <laughs> and like, yes, like going in football to knock somebody's head off and like winning all that. Yeah, score a touchdown is fun. But I don't think there's as much difficulty in doing that. And so I think the way some people just look at fun, like they look at fun more of as like an excitement, like in a, a hyper focus way. But I think fun for me is just like when things are tough and I'm able to overcome overcome that, that's the fun part. Yeah, I think, yeah, to piggyback, I think all the sports in their own way are challenging. Right. Yeah. Like there's there's strategic minds in every sport. Look at the way that Kobe approached basketball wasn't the way that normal people. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh. like normal people don't approach basketball that way. And you can find it in, in pretty much every sport. Mm-hmm. I think what separates baseball and I think, you know, Deion Sanders was talking about it the other day when he said baseball is the hardest sport he ever played. It's just the grind. It, yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. that the the constant mental grind of baseball day in and day out is is unlike kind of any other thing that I think people mm-hmm. really because it is athletic and there is a lot of athleticism, but the grind in baseball isn't the oh, grind of my body breaking down as much as it's this fun. mental like no, I've got to make sure I'm straight every day. Oh yeah. Unparalleled to anything, I think. If you had if you had to be honest. Like and I think that's what happens with some people. It's like I think like I think my your body just end up break like because it's so mental, right? But also like you're playing baseball so much like that is just becomes mental. But then your body just ends up breaking. Like in football, like yes, because you're taking these hits, your body sure. breaks down. Basketball, you're running up the court, breaks down. But within that, you're not playing football all year. Even like in high school, right? Or even college, you're not in high school. You're not playing football all year round, right? Even like when you're in youth, you're not playing all year round. Sure. A lot of baseball players, right? Because you realize, like, if you want to be good at baseball, like, right? Like, yes, you need to play other sports, but how much you have to be able to put into that, it's just not like I can – season starts in March, for example, right? Um, I'm not going to start getting ready for my baseball season in February. It's not going to work that way. Right. You're not going to be prepared. No. I'm going to start getting prepared maybe late December, maybe January, but I'm just coming, but then we're going to go backwards, right? I'm just coming off a a fall ball season that I just had while I was playing football as well. And I was playing summer baseball as well. And so it's this, it's this cycle that just keeps on going and going and going and going um, throughout your life. And so it's just like the amount that you have to put in, it's just like, because like, if you don't, unless you're just a God given talent, right? Like hitting a baseball. Like your time, like you still see it. You see it with our pro guy. Like if you sit out for a certain amount of time, your timing is going to be off. And to get that timing, if you don't have timing in baseball and anything, you're not going to be successful. And so it's that 
there's just something so it's the reps man it's the reps it's the mental grind it's 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 all of it that makes the game great the stuff that is challenging make the game great but it is definitely uh it is definitely something that takes it takes adjusting to let let me ask you about adjustments as well throughout your career i'll be and i'm interested because someone that has had the ability to see the executive level and the front office level of the game and also be able to see the coaching level and development level on the field. Mm-hmm. It, which one of them, particularly for being a black man, mm-hmm. uh, did you find kind of more, more tougher to navigate? Oh, the, the front office. Totally. It was funny. I was just, I don't know. I'll say that for the front office. Totally. Um, I was just telling, I was like, how my sister this? I'm 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 always talking about things. And so I think I was just telling my sister this. Yeah. I was like, when I was with the Giants, like you go into the office every single day. You look around, and I'm like, there is nobody that looks like me here. I think we had our HR per one of our like front desk managers and another lawyer. But like within baseball operations, like I look around, I'm like, Oh, it's only me. Great. <laughs> and I think even more within that, right? Think you got to think things from a micro level as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of baseball teams are in big cities, right? What costs a lot of money to stay there. And so to be able to navigate through that, you're almost just like, because I went to, I mean, I went to HBCU. Like I was in North Carolina where it's very diverse. San Francisco, very diverse as well. But if you have to be honest, it's not more. It's not more of us, right? We're we're over there in Oakland, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Vallejo area. Dude, Mo- Oakland's getting priced out too. Oakland is. Yeah. is it's it, it, it's it's, it's this. Yeah, the sprawling of and I, yeah, cost of living out there is crazy. And so for me, it's like you look around. It's just like all right. Anywhere can I be? Can I be me? You know, can I be my my natural self? The way that that God made me be and whatever that, whatever that looks like, do I have somebody that I just can like talk to and vent to, you know, mm-hmm. like I would like in a way, like it would suck. Like we had mentors, like when, when I was with um in the fellowship program, right. Like you're doing it on the phone, you know, like I want to be able to have somebody that I can talk to, like, right. Like right here with me, that's going to be able to understand, even if it's not even a mentor, even if it's just a coworker, you know? Sure. And I think within then going onto the base, like onto the on field side, and I give Matt Blood um, the biggest kudos for this. Like he tries to diversify things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like down down in Florida, like our manager is, is Puerto Rican, um, our hitting coach is black, one of our pitching coaches is black. Um, but then you go throughout like the other levels. We have uh, a Dominican manager, we have a Puerto Rican manager. And I think it's just be able to have these these avenues where it's just like if I can turn to somebody, like somebody's gonna get me like what I'm like what I'm going through or like what I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. And so like I think that's the um that's definitely one of the things. And so I think as like with everything like Tyrone's doing right now, um I think it's gonna allow to give opportunities to African Americans, to women to be in these front office positions. But it's just not good enough just to hire one of us. We need to hire. Let's get the ball rolling. Like, let's hire more, you know? And then, like, even, like, within that, right? So let's just 
I'm going on a spiel right now. No, I like I like it. Keep it going. Keep um, it going. So it's like I look at it like since I had nobody to relate to me, right? Or like you have people that had like this experience for two, three years of being in the front office and being like, all right, I want to get out, you know, um, for whatever reasons it might be. How do we retain the African-Americans that are in place right now to bring them to higher up positions? Because we have to be honest, there's nobody that looks like, there's nobody that looks like me that is an assistant GM or that is a GM, you know, or that is uh, the head of pro scouting or amateur scouting. So like how, like, how long am I going to have to work my way up? What's the path? What's, What's the path? path? Yeah. And it's that same, it's, it's the same here all the time. People are going to hire you usually because they, unfortunately the way we live in America, the way people hire you is because usually they like you and there's some common ground. Sure. It's, it's just as important. I tell people that I, I work with professionally all the time, you have to, it, it's, it's almost equally as important about who you know and how you treat people mm-hmm. as well as being excellent at your job. I We get to a point at professionals, executives, I know front office baseball personnel, you get to a point where you look around and it's like, okay, everybody's excellent. Yeah. Like you, you hear it all the time. You look around, you look around the, the major leagues, or you look around the NBA, you look around the NFL, you look around the, the, t- the show. It's like that person didn't get there. Cause he, he's not good at, at his sport. Mm-hmm. So, it's all. I look at it almost the same way when you're talking about these front front office positions. You look around and you're like, most people can play, and if they can't play and they're there, you can identify that that person ASAP. Like that person has no business being here. But, but what's the other side of that? The other side of that is how well you're able to feel at home, be yourself, network, get comfortable with people, uh, your colleagues, your higher ups, and I think that is a challenge that black Americans face, especially when you're looking at top level of sports, because it's the, the the further you go up, the more you look around and it's just less people you can relate to. Mm-hmm. And I think people, we don't really put that in perspective enough about how difficult that challenge is mm-hmm. and flip it onto the, on the field stuff. It's also a very similar scenario for young black kids playing you know, yeah. by the time they get to their travel ball team, they're looking around. There are a lot of players that they can relate to um, on a lot of those teams, and by, especially if they're playing top level college division. We were just talking about Division One college baseball, top Division One college baseball. You look around, there might be, you know, some the teams that do it well, mm-hmm. they may have four or five black players on a right. team of 25, 30, right? Shout out to Tim Corbin. I bear in the boat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that's. Those, yeah. You know, we're those are it's not it's not a scenario like you would see uh, at the top levels of the game at other sports. Right. So I think that makes it challenging uh, for a lot of folks to succeed. So the, the, the kind of silver lining about this coach is that the players that we do see, they're succeeding almost in spite of not mm-hmm. like with a lot like there is support and, and there is uh, organizations and people doing wonderful things. But there's a lot that they have to get to. So I know when I see, uh, you know, a, a, a Troy Marrow there, that guy's been battle tested. He's through it, and you know, it's going to be, uh, he, you know, he and he and he's got all the skills. Um, it's it's just an interesting scenario. I'm fascinated, Coach, by what you've been through, uh, what you're going through, and how you're succeeding. Because let's, 
I mean, let's not forget you're you're about to start another season here as a coach for a major league baseball organization. That is awesome. That is really, really good stuff. Talk to me about what are some of the fun experiences? Some what are some of the best experiences you have uh work right now working in the Orioles organization yeah. and teaching uh fundamentals to the young players of the game? Oh man. Um I think one, like for me, I enjoy everybody that I work with. And so I think because you you hear about it all the time, like this is my coworker, right? This is my coworker. But no, like, I've actually made like I made friends, you know. And I think that's I think that's so I think that's so so important um with within any job that you're working in. Like I want to establish like real relationship. Like I just don't want to clock in, we just get along, talk and like peace to see tomorrow sort of thing. Like I want to be able to go out to eat with you. I want to be able to get a drink with you. Like go to the movies, do what, like do whatever, go play golf, go to the beach. And so um, I think that's one, one thing that definitely um, sticks out. Um, but two, like we try to keep it fun with the Orioles um, mm-hmm. and just having like, it's like just doing like competition as well. Like, again, like everybody likes to compete. And so like <laughs> last year, like one of my favorite, this is one of my, I think it was actually my favorite thing that I did. Um, so for all our baseball listeners, you know, 27 outs, right. That you do. Um, try to get 27 outs in a row, but I try to simplify the game. Um, so we had two teams. This other thing, like I work with international players and they're most of them are Dominican, Venezuelan, Colombian. So they're mm-hmm. always like, they always, they exuberate, they have enjoy, they enjoy playing the game. So they're hype all the time. Um, and so what I did it was like one of our just practice days, didn't have a game, took two, two different teams, took like all our infielders, um, made two different teams. And I said, um, cause we we're struggling in the field a little bit. And so like, I want to clean up the errors and I was like, all right, separate you in two teams. Whoever gets three outs, like in a row gets a point. Right. And so we're going to do this to the first of five, like whoever gets five clean innings, pretty much like in a row. Um, but like within that though, too, like sometimes we might shout out, oh, you got to get this guy out. Like at a four or like a four two or something like that. And so like, if they didn't get it, like the other team would just be just giving the other team like so much crap. Like, ah, get off the, because like as soon as you make an error, like you're off the you're field. You're off the field. Okay. You're off the field. And so this is going like, like back and forth. And I think it was like even wet outside that day too. So like balls are like slicking everywhere, but just see like the excitement, like on the players, um, like on the players faces, like doing that. Um, it's fun. And then, um, Shout out to my guys this year, um, the well this past year. So our hitting coaches were Jalen Ferguson and Josh Bunsemeyer. And so like throughout the year, like we always have music while we're hitting in the cage. Um, and so um, like we'd actually designate certain days to certain music. <laughs> and so like on Thursdays, we call it like throwback Thursdays, like Wednesdays, we'd have like Wayne Wednesdays and like <laughs> nice. that's sort of like those are sort of things like that we would do and it just be it would just be fun you know and then like after like after you get a win like in the clubhouse there's music playing and all that and so i think that's i think that's the thing like those are the things that are fun you know getting to celebrate um celebrate in those ways that's awesome that's awesome coach i am running short on time so i'm going to hit you with some quick hitters some things that i always yeah. ask most of my guests mm-hmm. uh i know you're a player like i said uh, if you could face Mm-hmm. Any pitcher, mm-hmm. living or dead, who do you step in the box with? Who do you face? Who do I face? That means I'm probably gonna get a hit off him. Um, but I also want to be challenged, so I'd probably say, honestly, I'm going Kyle Hendricks. 
I like it. I like it. You went modern though. You went contemporary. I would. I would. Can, I mean, doesn't throw super hard. <laughs> give myself a chance, but still has nasty stuff at the same time. So. You, you, t- you talked a little bit about this off the air, but I'm going to ask you on the air because I always liked growing up. Who are the players that you wanted to see? Who's your favorite player of all time? Oh, Derek Jeter, hands down. Derek. This is two. I've done like 20 interviews. This is the yeah. second Jeter. I've got some good um, Jeters. Derek Jeter. I mean, I never got to see him play, but Jackie Robinson. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I wore 40 until I wore two growing up and then 14. Then like once I started really learning about Jackie Robinson, once I was around, I think I was like 10. Um like really being able to understand, uh, just fell in love with Jackie Robinson. So Jeter and Jackie, um, for sure. And I, mean, I could go, I could go on, I could go on, on. Ken, Ken Griffey. I love, actually loved Albert Bell. Rob, yeah, Robbie he's Alomar. great. What's not to like? Yeah, Robbie Alomar, man. Um, even growing up a Yankees fan, I love Mo Bond, to be honest with you. Ooh, so, that's a good one. Yeah. It's almost, almost, almost a little. Look, that's cl- get close to the line there for Yankee. Yeah. Close to the um, line. So, um, just anybody that played the game the right way. I mean, Barry, I still think Barry Bonds played the game the right way. Hate me, hate me. Now, I'm, but, I'm, a, I'm a Bonds, huge um, Bonds fan, huge Bonds fan. Yeah, man. Um, would you, would you rather be, mm-hmm. uh, would you rather be a head coach? Now, I'm going to adjust this question because mm-hmm. the, the normal question is, would you rather be, a GM of a club or commissioner of baseball for you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, would you rather be GM for a club mm-hmm. or a head coach for a major league baseball team? Wow. Um, they don't want to be a manager. Yeah. You are on the field, on the field. Now you, this is gone. Be, you've gone full yeah. away from the front office on the field. Yeah. I think I'd be, I think I'd be a manager. Um, just to have that chance to, to win a world series. Yeah. Just to, to host that host that trophy, you know, and go what, with the guys. What type of coach? For those that don't know, what mm. type of coach is Coach Mero? Mm. <laughs> this is funny. Um, so most people, like you knew me, like I'm quiet, like I'm total introvert, really, really quiet, quiet guy. Um, but just like when I go into the baseball field, it's like this this switch turns on. So like I get. I get loud. Um, I, get, <laughs> I get during games. I I get excited. Like say if we second baseman's been like struggling, like on double play feed, like and he like does it like perfectly or something like that in the game. We turn double play, like get out of inning. Like I'm hyped. Like I like throw like my clipboard down, like all excited. And so, um, but I let I I don't. I let my players like make mistakes as well. You know, like if they make an error. No, so what? We get the next one. Like. If it's coming from an effort standpoint, yeah, I might I might get on them. But um yeah, um I, I switch though, you know. I hit ground balls as hard as I can. Um <laughs> just, I just love I love getting the best out of my players, you know. Right. Like, so, like you try to for me, it's like you try to get under their skin. Like you gotta learn to get how to get under each player's skin to to pull that the best out of them. And so if you were not coaching baseball, mm-hmm. Career wise, what would you, what would your career be? What would you be doing? Um, I think right now, like, so first I always thought I wanted to work in the FBI. Um, but yeah, um, but I think now, like, within like how my life has um gone about, I think I'd honestly I'd be working probably somewhere in athletics, like an athletic director, or um, mm-hmm. I, I actually love I mean coaching or teaching. Um, 
And so I was back. I was I was about to go get my daughter <laughs> just, right. just just a year ago. Um, and so I think that's honestly what I'd be doing. So well, um, coach, yeah. this has been fantastic. I wish you the very best of luck. I know it's kind of up in the air, but when mm-hmm. you have to go somewhere sometime soon, I look, look, I know it's yeah. it's not a hundred percent figured out, but I you will be coaching, I believe, this mm-hmm. upcoming season. Uh, and you'll have to kind of you know would do you go to like spring training or all of this is still mm-hmm. up in the air? Yeah, uh, everybody goes. So we have made they have major league spring training, minor league spring training. Okay, so we'll be at minor league spring training um, sooner than sooner than I can blink, probably. <laughs> awesome. Well, coach, we wish yeah, you the baby. best of luck for folks that want to follow Coach Mero. Uh, I know you're on Instagram. Tell people where to follow you. Uh, I think I I always tell people. I don't, I honestly forget. <laughs> I think it's at Troy Marrow. And I think that's it. I we'll put that- it up. We'll put it up on the show. Uh, I will say that your journey, just from everything, from playing in high school, playing at an HBCU, doing the fellowship program that puts you in the Giants organization, leaving that, and then being in education and, and being with, with kids, and then coming back, like you said, and not to mention USA Baseball, your story coach is Mm -hmm. one that you you're good at telling and you should tell it as often as you can Mm because other folks need to know that a coach marrow exists and they can take this path because you did and they Mm -hmm. can be successful because you were so i know the journey's not done you have a lot more to do i'm going to be watching really closely but i wish you the very best coach as we continue on man you've been awesome thank you i appreciate it man Mm shout out subscribe like do all the things (laughs) ladies and gentlemen this is the black baseball mixtape until next time we see it